Welcome to Women Who Kill. This is Kai, our guest today. A very special guest, I'm going to say, because they're, they're a gay. Uh, <laughs> and uh, it is National Coming Out Day uh, today. When this is taping, you'll probably hear it a couple days later. But uh, National Coming Out Day meets Halloween, meets a little hometown pride on both sides, thrown in for some good measure. And we'll get into all that later. Guest today, Jen Curcio. Oh, thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. Comedian, storyteller, improviser. You do a lot of things. Yeah. Uh, before we get into it, you got anything uh, coming up within the next uh, couple of weeks or so that you might want people to check out? Yeah, um, I co-host um, the Copperstall Comedy Hour. It's every every week on Tuesday at 8.30, but I host uh, every first Tuesday. It's super fun. It's at the Copperstall Okay, bar. and that's in L.A.? Mm, yep. Okay. So we are going to be talking about uh, the the trick or treat murder of 1957. Yeah, which happened right here in Los Angeles, and this is a crazy story. Yeah, it's also, it's a very it's a very uh, it's scandalous mm-hmm. and a homosexual story. Yeah, super queer, super lots of uh, pent up. Closeted homosexuality in there. This story is so gay, and it's it's crazy. Yeah. And uh, happy uh, Halloween month, everybody. Let's start from the beginning. The protagonists of this mm-hmm. story, uh, Peter Fabiano, Betty Fabiano. Yeah. Did they meet in New York City? I believe so. They met in New York City in the, the early 50s. Yeah. They didn't know each other for very long. Got married. Yeah. <laughs> Real quick. Rushed into it. Then immediately became business partners. Yeah, moved out to L.A. Yeah. Okay, here's what I find interesting. Present day Los Angeles, you don't see a lot of heterosexual men owning hair salons. No. But that was his thing. He went from, uh, Peter went from being a truck driver in New York City to getting married, moving to L.A. with his new wife. And opening up hair salons in the valley. Yeah. Yeah. So he was he was actually a Marine as well. That too. Yeah. So originally he was super butch, then he was like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna just go for it. Uh-huh. And test, Complete one eighty. Yeah. I'm assuming I'm assuming things, but yeah, I mean, even I think even in general, that's it's funny because I almost became a truck driver. <laughs> Real random side story, but uh, I I grew up in PA in Philadelphia, mm-hmm. and I'm a graphic designer by training. And back in like 2008, I was laid off, and the 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 Pennsylvania State Labor Board people were like, "That's an obsolete job. We're gonna put you to work as a truck driver, send you to school." Wait, for graphic it. design was an obsolete e- job exactly in 2008. Yeah, and I was okay. like, um. Have you heard of the internet? <laughs> yeah. I think there's room for this to grow. Uh-huh. And they were like, no, it's dead. Move on, be a truck driver. And I was like, me, I'm five foot two. Uh-huh. So they were seriously going to put me through school to be a truck driver. So, I mean, that's a pretty big jump, you know? So I can't imagine, like, I'm thinking of Peter's life and that big dr- jump from, like, truck driver to hair salon owner slash they called him a beauty culturalist. Uh-huh. And I love that in my in my research. I was like, "Ooh, what a nice way to say hairstylist." Yeah, I have a lot of questions about the relationship. So, uh, at some point, Peter meets this woman. Yeah, in her, uh, she just turned forty. Mm-hmm. 
she was a freelance writer. Oh, yeah. Which means that uh, she was unemployed. Basically, yes. And uh, also took pictures. I don't, isn't everyone in L.A. a freelance writer slash photographer? Oh, yeah. Uh, so she needed some money. He hires her at his shop. Yeah, to take photos because back in that day, it's not like they had Instagram on their phones. Uh-huh. So they had an actual person, which blew my mind. Because even before Instagram... Oh, to take those pictures that they hang in the in the windows yeah. to show, like, this, these are the styles that we can do. Yeah. And uh, her name was uh, Joan Rebel. Yeah. And um, she was from Philadelphia, my hometown connection. Uh-huh. Uh, and it was of note in all my research that she was a secret lesbian. Yeah. But, I mean, looking at pictures of her, not so secret. No, I was like, really? <laughs> was anyone shocked? It's just like, if you look at look her up, uh, her last name is spelled R-A-B-E-L. Uh, just the first picture that pops up, I'm like, mm, that's a yeah. lesbian. That is obviously, even in ni- by 1957 standards, clearly a lesbian. Yeah. Uh, and widowed. Or divorced. Wait, yeah, she was divorced. She was divorced. Joan and Peter... And Peter's wife, Betty, yeah. developed a friendship. Mm-hmm. And uh, all of a sudden, uh, the Fabianos started having relationship problems. Yeah, really bad relationship problems to the point where uh, Betty decided to leave Peter for a moment, a whole month, actually, uh-huh. and live with Joan. Yeah. And the LA Times, I actually read the old, old article, and they said, I quote, it was an abnormal friendship. Which is just code for gay. Because they weren't allowed to say it. Yeah, they would not say the word lesbian or homosexual back then. And this is 1957, uh, Los Angeles. uh, Even in Los Angeles, you guys, in 1957, it was illegal to be openly gay. Or even secretly gay. If people found out, it was illegal. So you needed a good good, uh, story. And it's funny because I actually did some research because I was curious how much time you would get if you got caught being gay. Uh-huh. And it was five to 15 years for That's being gay. That's more time than you would catch for murdering someone. Yes. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's the irony of it. Ugh. Oh. Peter and Betty. By the way, if you look at Betty, Betty's a, a smoke show. Yeah, she's, she's pretty good looking. And Peter was, he was a handsome dude. It's true. They were a cute couple. Yeah. Uh, every Betty, I feel like uh. Betty is like the Ashley, uh, was like the 1957 <laughs> Ashley. I've never met an Ashley who's, uh, who's not hot. It's true. That's true. I'm, I'm scanning through all the Ashleys. <laughs> They're all good looking. Yeah. I've met some who are fucking assholes. Yeah. But still very hot. Yeah. So, uh, Betty and Peter decide to mend their relationship, move back in together, and uh, Peter has one caveat. He says, this, this fucking Joan, this Joan broad, yeah. you got to stop talking to her. You, you got to stop hanging out. I don't even want to hear her name in my house. Yeah. He's like that big lesbian, Joan. <laughs> don't ever see her again. So Betty is like, that's fine. It's done. I believe they even fired her from the, the shop, uh-huh. right? So Joan is super pissed. I mean, reasonably so. Because yeah, she lost her job and, yeah. and, and her, her girl. Who, who, I don't know. I don't know how, how into things Betty was. Maybe she was hiding, hiding it. Yeah. Maybe she was completely over it. 
Uh, not much has been heard from Betty. Not a thing. Uh, she she hasn't really told her story to anyone Mm-mm. who's documented it. But by uh, by all external accounts, Betty's like, sure, whatever, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so Joan does exactly what I guess any scorned lesbian would do. <laughs> <laughs> and she gets another girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Who was also pretty successful. Um, she was. She had a job. She was not a freelance writer. Uh, she was a lab assistant at the Children's Hospital of Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Right there um, on a, where is it? Is, is it on a on, Sunset? Yeah, that's on Sunset and Virgil. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's it. This is crazy. This is all taking place in uh, San Fernando Valley, uh, Sun Valley, which uh, is... Kind of Burbank, mm-hmm. uh, West Hollywood, and Hollywood. Yeah. And I've got addresses for you guys if you want them. But, so yeah, she immediately moves on to this, uh, this woman who's kind of close uh, to her own age. I believe uh, her golden, uh, wait, let me look up her name. It's a weird name. Pizer? That's, golden I, Pizer. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know if it was, because some people say golden, some people say goldine. Uh-huh. I don't know. Well, if you're, I believe she is, uh, was she of German descent? Uh, I heard. Her parents were immigrants? Yeah, I think it was Germany. Well, if you're fluent or uh, even just conversational in German <laughs> and you know how to, how to properly pronounce this name spelled G-O-L-D-Y-N-E, uh, P-I-Z-E-R. That's yeah. how you spell her name. Uh, she was a uh, yeah, close to uh, close to Joan's age. I believe she was forty three. Mm-hmm. Uh, a widow. Yeah, they were all without a marriage. Mm-hmm. That was like the one thing they had in common. The three women. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll get to it eventually, obviously. But you know, Betty is eventually a widow. <laughs> Spoiler. Yeah. I mean, you guys knew that from the top, yeah. right? You could tell someone was going to die. I mean, <laughs> it is a podcast about murder. <laughs> so uh, Golden, Goldine, I'll just say Goldine for the rest of the podcast. Uh, recently with our husband, her and Joan fell into a romance. They were friends first. They were friends for a while. They knew each other for like three or four years. Yeah. And uh, then they started hooking up. Yeah, as you do. Sometimes. Um, yeah, so Goldine... Well, I should say Joan started talking about Peter mm-hmm. to Goldie and saying how he was an evil man. Uh, he was horribly abusive. He, he was mean to the kids. Yeah, he ruined her life. And so Goldine develops this pure hatred for him to the point where they start to plan his murder. That's, first of all, yeah. if, if your girlfriend is like, I know this guy, right? And he's married to this chick I used to hook up with. He is the worst. Yeah. We should kill him. Wouldn't you be like, um, babe, I think you're just not over her. That's, that's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking. Like I was like, you know what? Maybe we shouldn't be dating right now. Let's just be separate for a little bit. Red flag. <laughs> not like, oh, yeah, definitely he needs to die. <laughs> like, I just want to do this for you. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't we just get the man of the house out of the way yeah. of the, the woman who uh, you clearly were uh, madly in love with. Yeah. At one point in oh, time. Oh, man. 
So, <laughs> so the plan is, okay, let's take a step back. The plan is Joan's not going to do it herself. Yeah. Even though it was her idea, she convinces Goldine to go to a gun shop. Okay, September 21st. They go to a gun shop in Pasadena. Goldine goes by herself, tells the dude who works there, hey, I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm a woman who lives alone. I'm single. I need something to protect myself at home. Uh, a few days later, because uh, I, I guess uh, background checks. I don't know how buying a gun works. Never done it before, but I'm assuming it still works sort of the same way. Probably. It's America. <laughs> background check. She goes back a few days later, picks up the gun with money that Joan gave her. Okay, first of all, if Joan was supplying the money, why couldn't she purchase the gun? Why yeah. didn't that raise a red flag? Yeah, I'm so curious about that. I don't know if, if like, she wouldn't have gotten it back then if there was, like, a background check at all. I feel like in the 50s, they probably just handed guns to people. You're like candy, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so she went back. She gets the gun. Uh, for, for some reason, uh, I guess they were kind enough to preload them for you. Do they do that now? <laughs> I, I've, I've never owned a gun. It, so well, it had know. two bullets in it, uh, in the box, right wow. out of the box, two bullets right in the chamber. How polite. That's so nice. <laughs> He's like, I, I don't know if, uh, you know, I don't know if a dame should be owning one of these things and much less loading it. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put a couple bullets in there for you. You're wow. probably never going to need them. And, uh, if you do, it's, it's all right. You just got to squeeze this right here with your delicate lady fingers. So Joan paid for the gun and they stashed it. They kept it hidden away until bum, 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 Halloween night. Yeah. October 31st, 1957. It was a Thursday. It was a Thursday. And here's the plan. Uh, they were going to drive over to Peter's house wait until the lights went out, and then kill him. Yeah. Now let's get to what actually happened. Joan brought clothes for um, Goldine to change into. She brought her blue jeans. I believe they called them dungarees back then. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, a khaki jacket. Uh-huh. And uh, heavy makeup. I don't really know what that means right? back then, but heavy makeup and a domino mask. Which I didn't know what the hell that even meant. Yeah, it's like the mask that Robin wore in yeah, Bat Batman. Exactly. Uh, and red gloves. Mm -hmm. And just like a brown paper bag, like a, like a really thick trick-or-treating bag. And check this out. Joan was, uh, she thought this whole thing through and was like, I'm going to need an alibi. So if anyone asks, I need to be able to prove that I was at home. So she leaves her car. Yeah. Borrows a car from her friend Margaret Barrett. Wow. How fucked up? That's... What kind of asshole? Bar <sighs> what are you using it for? Oh, just to go pick up some groceries. Who borrows a friend's car yeah. to go kill someone? So they, they roll up to Peter's house and around 9 p.m. Yeah. And they sit there. The lights go out. At that point, it's around 11 p.m. All the trick-or-treaters are gone. Goldine goes up, she knocks on the door, and as Peter's getting out of bed to answer the door, he yells, 
isn't it a little late for trick-or-treating? Yeah. Like, he's kind of pissed, but he's kind of also like, all right, whatever, it's Halloween. And she says, no. <laughs> and then she shoots him. Yeah. She has the gun in the bag, doesn't even take it out of the gun or out of the bag, and just shoots him. And she's shaking. She's freaking out a little she bit. She needed two hands to fire the yeah. gun because her hands were shaking so bad. Yeah. Uh, Peter's wife and his stepdaughter, he has a 15-year-old stepdaughter that uh, is from uh, Betty's previous marriage, run downstairs. They find him. He's bleeding out from his chest. The stepdaughter runs down the street, finds a neighbor who happens to be a cop, and uh, gets help. But by the time they get to the hospital, Peter's dead. Yeah. And Goldine runs back to the car, jumps in, kisses uh, Joan. I guess they make out a little bit. Yeah, and Joan says, thank you. And then she says, forget you ever knew me. Yeah. Which, I mean, obviously, Goldine is totally going to roll over on her when the cops do get to her. Right? I mean, yeah. she didn't even wait. I mean, granted, it, it, it's uh, 1957, so I feel like if this happened today, she would wait until she had dropped Goldine off at home, yeah. and then when she got home, she would send that as a text message. Yeah, and then she would delete block the her. Yeah, she'd delete the number, <laughs> block it, block her on all social media, <laughs> and vanish. So, <laughs> so poor fucking Peter, brother. Okay, let's take a step back. This was a bad idea for many reasons, but how did they think it wouldn't be suspicious for two grown-ass humans yeah. to be trick-or-treating without a child? Yeah, exactly. They're like, no one's going to think it's suspicious because everyone's wearing costumes. You know what else everyone else is doing? They're with kids, yeah. or they are kids. I don't think they were tiny adults either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they looked pretty tall. <laughs> So it took a couple of weeks for the cops to figure out what happened. Initially, they just thought it was a random killing. Yeah. They thought it was a, a, drug, a drug deal or a gang killing gone bad because by all appearances, it just looked like an execution. Yeah. And uh, Peter didn't have any known enemies. No, apparently he was pretty well liked. Yeah. And the only thing on his record was one uh, misdemeanor for being a bookie. Yeah. A couple weeks later, they get a... Uh, actually, the first person they thought of was Joan. Yeah. But because she's a fucking psychopath and such a good liar. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they were like, well, she says she wasn't there and she doesn't have a weapon and uh, we don't have a way to pin this on her. Plus, she's a woman. Women can't murder. <laughs> she's a dame. Weeks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Goldine, after the murder, she still had the gun, and she dropped, she rented a locker at a department store. To stash the gun. Yeah. Oh, wait, wait, before this, though, um, at, right after the murder, they, like, burned the clothes they were wearing yeah. and the costumes, but they left one of the jackets in the car. What? Okay, first of all, you're going to borrow my car to kill someone, and then you're going to leave some of your clothes in it, too? You motherfucker. Yeah. Okay, so fast forward. Uh, the police department gets an anonymous call, mm -hmm. which I feel like the call was Goldine. Probably. Like, trying to ease her conscience. It was like, uh, the anonymous call said, 
hey, uh, this is going to sound weird, but uh, I think you might want to take a look in the locker at this department store in downtown Los Angeles. And they did. They yeah. found the gun. They searched the records of all the nearby gun shops to find a match for the serial number on the gun, found one, traced it to Goldine, went to her house. Immediately, she was like, yep, I did it. Yeah. And Joan did it as well. <laughs> she was like, yep, throwing her right under that bus. Yeah, she told the cops everything, and she, she felt pretty good about it. I believe her, her words were, um, uh, it feels good to ease my mind about yeah. this. Yeah, and then she, when they um, did question her, she said, I truly thought that I was, I was helping a friend, my friend Joan, get rid of an evil man in her life. And I did it because I really wanted to make her happy. Man, okay. Well, let's talk about this. Betty must have been laying it down when they were together. Yeah. Because Joan was <laughs> just way too obsessed with this woman who was just completely over it. Yeah. Joan as well. I mean, I feel like everyone was just having amazing sex in this story. Probably. <laughs> because to kill for this woman who who seemed like Kind of an asshole. Yeah. That's a lot. You know, I don't, I probably wouldn't kill for anyone. So they, they, they went to jail. They didn't even get tried because they yeah. both took plea bargains. They were like, okay, we did it. Um, oh, here's the thing. Uh, Goldine got a plea bargain because she immediately confessed and uh, threw Joan under the bus as she deserved to be thrown. Joan didn't say a goddamn word the whole time. She refused to testify. Yeah. She refused to tell her side of the story. She refused to talk to the cops when she got arrested. She was like a real fucking G. And she smiled in court <laughs> uh -huh. like a psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. So uh, Goldine pled insanity. Uh, pled guilty to second-degree murder. She got five years. It was supposed to be five years to life, but she yeah. only got five years. Yeah, it was a quick turnaround for that one. Joan also only got five years. Yeah. Some accounts online, you'll find uh, some people say that they spent the rest of their lives in jail. That's, That's a true. fucking lie. Yeah. They did have to talk to three different psychologists, though. Before the judge finally gave, like, the sentence. I thought that was interesting. Because they weren't sure whether Goldine was truly crazy or not. Yeah. But she wasn't. She was, She was like, she wasn't crazy. She was, like, whipped. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think she was just in it. <laughs> she was having that good sex, and she was like, I want that again. Yeah. Like, I think that's what it really was. I think back then the judge was probably like, I don't understand these queer things yeah. at all. Uh, so, yeah, they had to talk to three different psychiatrists, and they all were basically like, it's our professional opinion. She's absolutely whipped. Well, but she had to say she was crazy as well, right? Yeah. Because, well, uh, Joan refused to talk, but uh, Goldine was more than willing to talk, but knew if she was like, I'm totally gay, and I'm in love with this woman, and I did it because I'm so in love with her, I didn't know what else to do. Yeah. She would get uh, five to 15 years in prison for being gay. Yeah. 
admit to just murdering because she was crazy. Five years. I know. That's the funniest part. I shouldn't say the funniest part, but the craziest part of the whole thing is like they were better off being murderers than gay. Uh huh. Man, it's just, I couldn't believe that. But after they got out, I think, well, Goldine got out and she became an officer in the Miracle Mile chapter of Professional Women's Club. Yeah, she had she had a nice little suburban uh, housewife career. Yeah. Uh, Joan completely fucking disappeared. She's gone. <laughs> no one knows what happened to her. If she, I mean, if she's still alive, she'd probably be like 110 years old or something. Yeah. But I don't put it past her. I feel like she might be 110 years old living in like Phoenix or something. Pro- I think there's or like, like Palm a, Springs. There, well, there's, I've heard tales of a secret lesbian town in vermont <laughs> really a secret yeah lesbian town? <laughs> yeah i can never remember the name of it <laughs> but i feel like that's she's probably the mayor of that town uh-huh <laughs> <laughs> betty uh never remarried yeah which makes me think that both her and her husband were gay i think so and they were each other's beards and poor peter died for yeah, nothing that sucks i mean either way he died for nothing but it, it, if he were uh, a straight guy who was just trying to keep his marriage together because he really loved his sexy f- lady wife, then yeah. he still didn't deserve to die. But if he was a gay man who was like, let's just fucking keep this together, keep up appearances so we don't both go to jail, and then he died for, he died for that. That sucks That's so tragic. Yeah. Hairdressing Peter, the ex-Marine slash truck driver. What a life he lived. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, Betty lived to be 81 years old. She died in the late 90s. Yeah. And if you want to visit the houses, by the way, the Fabiano house, someone's probably living there, so don't knock on the door, but it is at 13236 Community Street in Sun Valley. Joan's apartment, 7463 Willoughby Avenue in West Hollywood. I've driven by all of these places, which is insane. Now I want to go take a picture by them and, and post it to the website. Goldine's house, uh, apartment rather, was at 1323 North Vista Street in Hollywood, on the border of, North, of West Hollywood. Yeah, a good spot. You got any, uh, any final thoughts on the, the story of the 1957 trick-or-treat murder? Yeah, part of me kind of feels... Like Joan and Betty had a secret relationship. Do you think I, Betty was in on it? I kind of do because one thing I forgot to mention was that when the police talked to her before she became heavily sedated, because yeah. of course back then it's like, oh no, a woman in panic sedate her. Before they sedated her for a few days, uh, she said that she heard a man and a what sounded like a woman or a man impersonating a woman. At the door, which is and a total also lie. a masculine voice. Yes, which both, like by any account, would be a lie. Mm-hmm. So I kind of feel like she was maybe in on it, but at the same time, it's like if if he was her beard, if they were each other's beards, like why why rock the boat? I don't know. And also, why wouldn't she end up getting back together secretly? Or maybe she thought Joan would never get caught. Yeah, and Joan was pulling a let's get this dude out of the picture and then I'll get rid of this other chick kind yeah. of a thing. And, and she was playing both sides. I feel like that seems like something Joan would do. Yeah. Given what we know about her. Total psycho. 
Like I would not want to be in a Uber pool with that woman. <laughs> so it is interesting that uh, that Betty never got remarried and lived uh, an extra, you know, an additional thirty years because it's not com- it's not common for women of that era yeah. to lose their husband and then never get another husband, especially if. He was, by all accounts, a good guy. He wasn't abusive. He wasn't a cheater. Yeah. So maybe Betty was in on the whole thing. And uh, she lived out her life never having to answer to that. Does this make you afraid of Halloween? Mm. Does it make you wary of trick-or-treaters? I've never actually had a (laughs) trick-or-treater in my whole entire life. You know, now that I think about it, I've never purchased trick-or-treating candy. <laughs> I just, we turn the lights out. We're like, uh, no, no one's home. No one come here. No, it's like I'm, I'm always waiting and like ready for really? it. Really? Yeah. You like, buy the candy. Yeah, I even buy the- You the, buy the king size bars? I do. Oh. And I'm like, oh, this is going to get them. Oh. No one ever knocks on the door. Like not even in LA. What a loss. It's terrible. It's so sad. I'll put my address up if you want it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when I was when I was a kid, we would always uh, uh, trek to like the the nice ass neighborhoods oh, because yeah. rich people love to give away the good shit. King size Snickers. That's yeah. like the fucking gold. Like go to Costco, get the case of it. I even decorate. I think I'm just too. I'm too thirsty for it. Oh, uh, maybe. If they I can, turn they can out smell lights. it. Yeah, if I turn out the lights. They're like, that house thing. is creepy. They want it too much. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> so the moral of the story is, is um, get a ring camera, by the way. I, ring camera oh, yeah. should sponsor me. I have one. It works, it works great. You can, you can see who's at your door without having to go outside. So if you open up the, your app and at your door you see... Uh, two grown ass humans, <laughs> no children in sight, and a paper bag. You know not to open it up. That is possibly the best advertisement they that really they will should. ever get. Yeah, and I did it for free because I believe in the product. Now, happy Halloween, everybody! Happy Halloween! Stay safe out there. Don't kill people, Jen. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. You just listened to episode 32 of Women Who Kill. Okay, I said a couple weeks ago that I would tell you why we missed a week. Guys, I made a short film. Uh, I went away for a week to do that. And I didn't want to say it ahead of time because I'm like, if there's any crazy people listening to the show, they'll know that I'm out of town. And they'll uh, break into my house and hide there and wait until I get back to murder me. Just kidding. But something like that. So, I'll let you know when you can see it. I had a lot of fun. It was very challenging and, uh, and very, very rewarding. Very queer. A very, very queer short film. And uh, I, think, uh, I think it'll go places. So... If you like the show so far, don't forget to stop by uh, Apple Podcasts, formerly iTunes, and leave a rating, leave a review. Helps new people find the show. And the more people find the show, the longer I can keep doing this. And if you want to support with your dollar, stop by patreon.com slash kaichoice, p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash k-a-i-c-h-o-y-c-e. Join the Women Who Kill Illuminati. That will be your official title. 
when you uh, when you you pitch in, uh, you get access to the full archives of the show. The most recent ten episodes will always be available for free on Apple Podcasts. Everything else is in the archives. Uh, you get access to bonus content, all kinds of good shit. I mail out free things. It's worth it. Other than that, if you want to send me an email, you can send it to wwkpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next week. <laughs>